0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Spotlight On, the interview podcast where I get to go and speak with Mississippi artists about their lives, their history and their practice. We find out what they're doing in their studios and we find out all about how they think. I'm your host, Derek Covington Smith, and I invite you to come along as we discover what it is to live and work as an artist in Mississippi today. The Spotlight On podcast is brought to you by the Little Yellow Building in Brookhaven, Mississippi. All right on to the interview. Hey everyone and welcome back to another interview. Um, I want to thank you for coming And and listening every week and finding new things to relate to and all the artists that we get to talk to. Uh, Thank you for all the amazing feedback. It's it's so great to hear that you find this as useful as I do. Um, With that being said, I would love to welcome another amazing Mississippi artist from Oxford, Mississippi, Blair Hobbs. Welcome to the show, Blair. And why don't you start by letting us our our taking us through how you grew up and, and um, your background in art.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thank you for having me, Derek. I appreciate having this opportunity to just speak with you. Um, yeah, I was born in Oxford um, in 1964. And my mother, uh, would, I'll back up, she was in graduate school. She was gone to get her MFA in art. She thought she was finished with children. She had her three kids all done. And once she started, maybe it was her first year into her MFA program at the University of Mississippi, she turned up pregnant with me. And um, so (laughs) I didn't thwart her plans. She followed through and um, uh, completed her MFA here, and and in 1967, she and my dad, who was a political science professor on campus, um, moved to Auburn, where he was hired as um, dean of arts and sciences and liberal arts, and she became an art professor. So um, I basically grew up in a house with art artists, uh, her faculty members in and out. Um, it was a really dynamic faculty um, and. There was just I mean, I was covered up in art um, so much so that when it um, came time for me to go off to school, I just I felt weird. Ta- I went to Auburn and I felt weird taking classes with so many of those people that I knew as a little girl. And I was also really intimidated um, and somehow uh, even in high school seemed to draw more attention from my writing and um, so I was an English major at, at Auburn, but I never, ever quit the artwork. Um, it went with me when I went to get an MA in creative writing at Holland University. The art was with me when I went to get an MFA in creative writing focused in poetry at the University of Michigan. And, um, you know, I, had, I just, it was always with me. It's never any different than communicating with art was never any different than communicating with poetry. It's just something you know, I didn't follow through with the academics in art as much as I did with poetry. And I'm a crea- I teach creative writing out the university of Mississippi. Um, I was hired back full circle to my hometown, my birthplace. Um, and I teach creative writing, but there's always a visual element. You know, we go to the art museum, you know, I, I, I it's a, both are forms of communication and both go back and forth and play together very well.
0: I love to hear that you've got such a strong background in, in creative writing and literature, because when you look at, or when I look at your, your artwork, when I look at your, your pieces, there are strong narratives and stories, and you can, you can sit, with it for a long amount of time and constantly find new little storylines all over your pieces. And I really love the way that you have your website laid out because your, all of your artwork is done in collections. So for anybody that's listening that, that might not have seen your work already, why don't you give us a description of how you work and what you work on?
1: Um, well, I work on canvases. Um, and by the way, I need to update that, that website. I'm very I'm behind, um, but uh, I'll start with a canvas and just a bunch of junk. My studio is a pile of broken tri- Christmas tree balls, uh, a variety of duct tape. I have duct tape and a spice rack, I have sequins and spice racks. Um, anything that's shiny, sparkly. I used to love majorette uniforms when I was growing it up. Um, I love Mexican folk art. Um, I love you know, Haitian flags, Russian Orthodox art. You know, like I said, growing up with an art professor at art history out the wazoo, and I was always looking at her books and, and taking things that I really loved. But the art process for me is, um, I'm drawing a lot more than I used to. Um, and so I kind of think of the drawings as like paper dolls almost um, to begin narratives. Um, sometimes I have something in mind, Um usually when I get going with a, with a show, like the last one was Southern mythology, I um, no rural mythology. Uh, so, you know, I would draw Bacchus as a bootlegger, you know, and then purposely make the, the background, some kind of Alabama, Georgia, rural landscape, but blend those, the mythological elements with, with the, the rural landscape so that was a lot of fun and that gives me more direction right now I'm kind of in i just I'm kind of clearing away I'm taking a break from the narrative and I'm just drawing flowers and just whatever I feel like and I just shove those out on a you know on my desk and and I'm not restricting myself so much with the narrative just to have some clear out some headspace. but I cut everything out everything's cut out with um you know scissors and um and paint and pencils and gold leaf and candy wrappers and sequins, like I said, and just start layering until I love gesso behind paint to give light that shines through like a stained glass window. Um, And I sort of all over the place. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's just a lot of stuff.
0: It's I mean, they're, they're collages. Like you said, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot to look at. And so now you're you went into saying that you just kind of work almost intuitively. You're just trying to get just trying to flush out and get your practice going again. What's your what's your studio practice like?
1: Um, golly, um, I like to have company with me, so I usually have a Netflix or something going on. A British baking show is great and I've watched that too many times and it made me fat. So um, yeah. <laughs> so um you know I, I like to have music I like to have podcasts um, my studio uh has great light in it and it's in the middle of, of my garden with a fountain outside and bird feeders and um you know I, I feel spoiled with it but I'm old enough to appreciate you know like okay yeah right. this is what I, deserve. <laughs> I, I child. <laughs> He's gone off. Um, so it, it's just, it's, a, it's an inspired place for me because it is, we live on a, a kind of close to town on an eighth of an acre. It's a tiny lot, but in that tininess of my studio, my husband's writing studio and lots and lots of plants and a tomato forest and sculpture and um, all of that just makes me feel happy and grounded. And um, so that's studio life pretty much.
0: I love that. I love that. So you, um, when you when you got out of college and you went and you said you were a professor at the time, and that was of creative writing and literature. Is that?
1: I'm teaching now. I'm, I'm a senior lecturer in um, the English department, and so, I teach Introduction to Fiction and Poetry.
0: Yeah. So where does your visual art side fit into all that? Because that's a lot in life.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I take my summers off. Um. And. Um, it is a lot, uh, but I like to stay busy. Um, and it's, it, I love the, the, I love poetry, especially that, um, teaching forms and metrics. And, um, I, I never really had drawing classes and, or, you know, the, the proper instruction for that. And I don't know how to teach, how to do that, but I do know how to teach, um, you know, poetry and, and, uh, you know, how to create uh, imagery and all the fun things that you can do with words. And I also, I take them to the museum. I mean, it's, we cross that bridge from uh, writing to art. Um, We have a fabulous museum on campus. um, And uh, they write ekphrastic poems which are poems about art it's a form and um, they get to experiment with point of view they research the artist they can step into a painting and be a part of the landscape or they can be the persona of the person in the painting and that requires research because you don't you know want to be in a poem uh, be in a a Molly Schuyler Clay uh, photograph if you don't know where the photograph is taken under the circumstances and that sort of thing. So they do have to research their artists, um, you know, Bill Dunlop's dogs. What, what do we make of those? You've got to read about him. Um, and um, so they, they learn about, I sneak some learning about art into my, my syllabus, into the curriculum. So, and they love it. I mean, it's a field trip. Some of them have never been into the art museum. Um, certainly most of them have never made had a, a communication with art. You know, I've gotten so involved with one piece. Um, so anyway, I, I work the art in.
0: Well, with you being so visual and then teaching that side, uh, you know, the, the the vocal side of art, and the literary side of art, like what a great opportunity to... To be able to give that connection to others, you know, because that's that's got to be something that you see when you read anything. You know, I, I could because for me, it's music. OK, when I, um, you know, my I don't create music, but I uh, well, I, I did in high school, um, but I was able to get lost in it. That's one of the only things that if I put it on and I find the right songs with the right beats and the right melodies, then all of a sudden my thoughts go away. And I'm able to live in that moment. And I found a lot that in that moment when my thoughts go away, I have my own art video playing in my head and it builds itself. So I could only imagine that's like tenfold for you with literature and poetry
1: oh it's it's nice but sometimes it's hard (laughs) um I you know I remember making a a show for Southside Gallery in Oxford and and um, I have a show there every other October and um it was hot messes in southern literature and you know like you said it's so fun to get lost in the work but I was fun uh I had probably bitten off more than I could chew. I was reading books just to trace, like I was reading Sanctuary to trace the color of Temple Drake's hair, you know, just to see what the character looked like. And lo and behold, you know, she had red hair, a dye job at the beginning of the, the the novel. And as time progressed, her dye wore out because she, you know, she Popeye had her, she couldn't go get a touch up. Her hair turned black, which is also imagery and symbol and all that stuff. But, and I got lost in it, but also felt like somebody needed to give me a PhD when <laughs> I finished Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, plotting through imagery and language can be, you know, can work up a sweat.
0: Oh, big time. But, how but it's a, fun. Yeah, yeah. You get, it's enjoyable. It's, it's always make sure that when you're doing work, you do something that you enjoy. Otherwise, it's work. <laughs> right. So what about your own personal art philosophy, our, our thoughts on art? So and, and it's a that's a really broad question, but I guess I um, what I get at with that is how how do you feel that art should be handled in general? What what do you strive for in accomplishing with your art?
1: Well, um. I don't know. It's just sort of an itch I have to do. You know, I feel compelled to do it, but about just art and the big picture has changed a lot since I've grown older. Um, I, I must say I was very insecure for a long time about it. And, um, you know, just that thing about not having it. I'm an academic person and I don't have a degree in art. You know, I was an art minor in, in college, but you know, um, so feeling insecure insecurity is a really bad little little gremlin and um I think it it hindered me from appreciating appreciating other artists as much and um once I let go of that and just taking it in I I just what I love about art more than anything is is looking at other artists um and um, taking in what they do. I just, I was in a show, uh, had a group show in Atlanta, um, at Spalding Nick's Fine Art, and, uh, and, uh, Carlisle Wolf Lee, uh, showed too, and, and I was spending a lot of time looking at her work. It's changed the way I look at trees. It's changed the way I look at nature. You know, it's made it richer for me. Just looking at her art has given me new eyes, Um, and, you know, I follow. I listen to your podcast with Adrian uh, Brown, David. Yes. And um, she, you know, I love to watch her series on Instagram, and it f- has expressions on her daughter's faces, and you know, it's just—I don't know. it just something to to the human part of me. It makes me feel more awake.
0: Yeah. And yes, yes, to every bit of that. Imposter syndrome is a real thing. Um, And it's something that, unfortunately, I think that everybody, unless you are just born with that blessed narcissistic gene that you can just push through and 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 believe whatever. But the majority of us, we we go through an imposter syndrome where we think that we don't know anything or we're not good enough to be doing what we're doing. Um, And it's luckily we get to hear you know, things like this and artists like you who say, yeah, i go for that, too. And that's so relatable to help me and others get past their own. So thank you for being forward with that. I really appreciate that.
1: You're welcome.
0: So what are you working on now?
1: What I'm working on now um, is my husband. I'm married to John T. Edge, who's... Um, a writer and writes about uh, Southern food and um, he and I are just now going to our first Sonny and Cher gig um, where we're speaking as a couple. <laughs> um, I think we're practicing retiring, you know, one day, hopefully we'll be able to retire and then we can go on the road. Um, but we're going to um, a half mile farm in Highlands, North Carolina. And um, I'm going to haul up a bunch of artwork And so I'm working on that, you know, my, my flowers, my little bits of nature, some of the rural mythology left over. um, And, uh, oh, and I've been working on some sort of Rodin studies um, of art, of um, flower arrangements, and I'll take those. Um, But we're going out to, to give to host evenings together and um, Spalding Nix is going to come up and, and be with me during those presentations and he'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk together. And so I'm looking forward to it. I'm nervous, but I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) And my students get two days off, so they'll be excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah.
0: I would be looking forward to that too. Blair, why, I, I, I got just a few more questions for you and, and sure. I'll let you go. Um I had I had the next question and I lost it completely.
1: I'm sorry if I talked it out of you.
0: No, no, <laughs> no. I do this all the time. You <laughs> you should see, see me trying to leave the um the shop during the day because every time I hit the door I have to turn around and grab keys, but I forgot those keys and then I have to grab the other ones, which I haven't <laughs> um why don't you you know I've got a few more questions and then I'll let you go but why don't you let us in on something that you would want anybody who's about to view your art who is about to go in and kind of learn more about you what's something that you would like them to know about you
1: oh goodness oh goodness uh Polly, I I, I tend to not put myself much in the artwork, you know, Mm -hmm. except for the menopause pieces I did. Um, (laughs) That was weird. Um, But... Tell
0: me about that. What was that?
1: Yeah, that was the... (sighs) Well, is any woman who's listening to this, who's gone through menopause, your body changes like, and it throws you for a tailspin because, you know, you, you everybody tells you about puberty and, Oh, you're going to be a woman. Well, this is the other end of it where you're going to be an old lady. Um, and your body changes and, you know, there aren't these, um, young adult novels to help you through it. Um, so, Uh, I was just, you know, since I haven't had that uh, that classical training with figure drawing and I'm really loving experimenting, experimenting with it. And I think I first did it with those menopause pieces when I was just kind of drawing from feeling, you know, I know what my body feels like. And so I was just feeling along the shape of bodies um, and so they're kind of my naked bodies um, because I don't know any other ladies' naked body as well as I know my own. And um, and so and they've all been bought. <laughs> it's funny to me that I, my naked middle old middle aged self is um, hanging on people's walls. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, I kind of lost my train of thought. I always do that but okay, know about me. Um, that's the only time I think, oh, and also when my mother died. Okay, here we go. Some of them are about me, and um, my mother died. I saved lots of flowers from her funeral arrangements, the flower, floral arrangements, and tried to draw her as a little girl. Just it, I was in fresh morning when I was was uh, making her pieces and it felt like prayer to me. I, I'm, I'm so self-conscious that I'm, it's hard for me to pray <laughs> or cry. You know, I am just so that those the little rituals of working her, her pieces help me. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I have more personal things than I let on. But
0: yeah, but I mean, you, you say you don't do much personal stuff in your work, but when you do, man, do you ever do? <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> it's usually a narrative. You know, and I can create the narrative.
0: Yeah. You know.
1: Girl mythology was my narrative. So
0: That's fascinating. Well, for anybody who is coming up behind you, are for you as would you give yourself as some advice? Oh, let me rephrase all of that cuz that came <laughs> <out>. <laughs> What would be some advice you would give to you as your younger self coming up as an artist and and getting ready to go into the big world?
1: Let go of that gremlin. I mean, that insecurity, the golly, it's your biggest roadblock and it only belongs to you. And um, I I wish that I had taken um, some of the, drop painting classes. Hugh Williams was at, uh, in the um, art department at Auburn, and I don't know if, if you've heard of him. Um, he was a glorious painter, um, and he hung out with Jasper Johns and all these you know dudes, who, mostly dudes, some women, but you know who are really a magnanimous New York artists, and I, he actually didn't want me to take his painting class um, he was the first person who ever bought my art and he wanted me to drop out of college and move to Mexico and just study the culture and be a part of that color skate. And, um, you know, that didn't go over well with my parents didn't go well uh, over well with me because I was too insecure to believe. (laughs) him. So, you know, it's just, just got one life. I think this is something Adrian mentioned in her uh, podcast. You got one life. Yeah. Just do it. So,
0: um, yeah well thank you so much for being on with us for anybody that wants to define blair's work there's blair Hobbs.com. it's b-l-a-i-r-h-o-b-b-s.com and then on instagram it's Hobbs blair so instagram hobbsblair. blair Blair, thank you so much for being with us and sharing about your life and just everything that you go through to create what you create. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, Thank you, Derek. It's an honor to speak with you.
0: For everyone else, thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> Bye.